Fine, tingling greetings to every single one of you. As always, thank you so much for stopping by and making Paranormal Prowlers podcast part of your day. Those awesome tunes, as always, are courtesy of Bobby Mackey, and I'm your host, Tessa Morrow. Last week, we heard from Mercedes Lucky Benedict, a woman who survived two horrific car accidents and who lives in an extremely haunted home that comes with haunted land. We heard about the Jolly Green Giant catastrophe, an Air Force fatality, and a satanic killer, all linked to her family's land. Today, Mercedes joins us once again, where we will hear all about her time with the TV show that is The Dead Files. Get some popcorn, you guys, because we have a front row seat to evidence the encounters the spirits, the behind the scenes, and so much more. And remember, all those EVPs that were captured last time, you are going to hear this sound right before an EVP comes on, if we are to catch more today. Mercedes, thanks for hopping back on that paranormal train and visiting again for the special part two series. I am so happy to be back here, and I must say, I love what you did with the podcast. I love all of your fun, paranormal-type little sound effects. It's really great, Tessa. It's really great. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah, when I was editing and when you were talking about horses and dolphins, I was putting the sounds, and I was just laughing. I laugh at myself sometimes. I'm like, oh, this is just too fun. Right? Well, welcome back to Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. Last week, Mercedes, we covered the deaths, both accidental and intentional. Now let's talk about the haunts. Your home and land were so active that you actually were featured on the TV show, The Dead Files. What were some of the everyday haunts and encounters and occurrences that were happening there that made you guys reach out for that help? Well, there are very, very, very many, many of them. Right. (laughs) And this is a long-standing property, but there was only the one house that Mm. was that's been here, which is is Joe's house originally, and now our house. So originally, when we had renters in this. She talked about the giant footsteps walking back and forth and doors shutting, opening, knocking. She felt as if there were people in the house enough to where she had a gun and there would be no one there. Mm. And so, yeah, so those are things that were occurring when I was here. And when I heard that from her, I felt very validated because, you know, there are times when you can feel like you're going kind of nuts. I would be standing out, say, in in the back porch area, which is where a lot of the activity occurs. And I would be out there with my little dog, 
and it's very silent here. I mean, there's silence. We're in the country, and somebody's in the house walking back and forth, and I can hear them all the way outside. And the door was not open. So <laughs> that to me, that just right there is, is very loud. And I'd go inside and I'd say, hello, is, is someone here? And there would be nobody here. Now, we do have people on the property. So where were those people? Well, I'd go check. One was way over in the cabin or Joe was out front by his fire. You know, nobody was in the house. And so another one that is very common was whistling. And whistling, again, in the same area, the back porch area, the backyard area. We do have goats in the backyard area and our chickens. Originally, they were on the right-hand side. And I'm trying to think, I believe that when the dead files came, the goats were on the right-hand side of the house at the time. Since then, we have fenced the property and moved the goats and chickens to the left side of the house. So the whistling still has nothing to do with goats or chickens. Right. I always try to verify, well, what was that? Just yeah. like an investigator. Yeah, debunking um, is key for sure. Yes, definitely doing all that. But it was, it was flat-out whistling. And then, it, like a tune. I didn't know the tune, but it would be a tune. We, I would definitely hear, like, hey, like that. Yeah. Joe himself would be in his shop, and a lot of times he doesn't have anything going, but he will he will hear around the corner, hey, just like that. And one time he thought it was literally me on the other side of the shop fence. Because I'll stand out there and I'll yell, Joe, you know, instead of coming all the way down to yeah. get Joe. It was that loud, but it was not me. No one was on the property, period, except for Joe that day. And so we hear the voices. The interesting thing on the outside of the property, you'll hear children laughing. <laughs> You hear laughing all the time. Ooh, wow. Yeah, and it's almost like a giggly laugh um, inside of Joe's shop where it, where he can go in and close that part of the area. There will be laughing at times in that. That was really prevalent back then. It was like an ongoing occurrence back then with, the, with that type of all of these things. The interesting thing is I have not heard footsteps in the house in exactly a year. I have not heard any footsteps in the house for oh. a whole year. I think we've done some really interesting work in the house that way. Sounds like it. Um, the doors opening and closing is another one. And, I mean, these are doors. They're completely shut, and they open, and they would close. And the back doors, especially, we'd lock it. And it would be open, and there was the curtain. One time I walked around, and I looked, and the curtain had been down. It was like I had it down so the sun wasn't coming in. I walked back around, and the curtain was folded into, like, this very neat folded triangle 
to the top of the curtain. Oh, crazy! Jeez. I know. I was. I'm that one. I'm like, wait a minute. I and I was the only one in the house. It's stuff like that. Interesting things are like, you have your keys and you know they're right there on the table, and then you walk around and those keys are gone. Those kind of things are always happening. I was outside, and I heard a little girl scream, and she was right, it was like right next to my fence on the left side, and I'm like, oh my God, so I said, somebody, I ran around to the front yard, and at the same time, my son came running around, because he heard it too, and then we're like, did you hear that? I said, was that your child? And he goes, no, I was outside and I heard it. And we're both like scared. And it was this little piercing girl's scream. Oh, jeez. Oh my God. Yeah. Just like what, like shrill, like it was real. It was like nine o'clock. So it was, his kids were definitely not, it was not his child. Then as we both kind of came together, we heard a dark, ominous like chilling like some kind of growl and I think they do a sound effect but I don't know it was like unlike any growl I have ever heard in my life and I'm kind of getting chills right now I'm just gonna I have to make sure I ask for protection as I'm talking about right I already did my prayers I already (laughs) did a block on anything you know just because talking about this can you know we can bring in things we don't want to do that right but anyway it was one of those moments in time that I felt like it was in the air like it was not physically there but it couldn't have been it was so loud and right there by us but it wasn't there where I couldn't see it I know that things got so incredibly just really bad for you guys that you actually had to seek the help of Reverend Bill Bean to come and perform exorcisms walk us through this process if you will I will Go ahead and kind of also say, before I do that, when we were at our wit's end, because with the dead files, when that actually came to Tessa, there was almost like two different variations of, of how much we could take. There was so much dissension, and uh, you di- if you disturbed the property, like if you went to dig, when we went to do the fencing, all hell would break loose on the property. And I'm talking about in our lives, in our animals would get sick. I mean, you name it, there was so much. And trying to even get to the dead files, if you don't mind, I'll, I, this story is actually kind of interesting and, and kind of goes along with what you mentioned or what you're wanting to know. Yeah. So it was getting so bad that I would go to work and I would talk to people and I would tell them, and we'd try to get some people to come out here, and people that are seers and, and all that. So there was, I was in constant contact with people, always knowing we were having troubles. So one year, I tried, I told Joe, I, I want to try to get on the dead files. The first year, I said, and he said, no. Okay, no, we're not doing it. And so I'm like, okay, fine. He didn't want us to be out in the public. He didn't want all of it. So then... A year later, we're still dealing with things, 
And it always would come around, main, a lot of it would happen in February, which is when we got married out here. Mm. It was a big uh, thing outside. It was in February. It was like crazy, uh, but it, it went through, and we did get married outside here. That neck, it was like they did not want us to get married in the first place. We could, There was always something happening, but... When we did finally get married, I said, well, I want to call the dead phone, so no. So then the next year, we are still being faced with um, the more spirits coming through and more visuals and more attacks psychically and physically. Then I tried. He, let, he said, go ahead, but it wouldn't let me go through. It would not let any, even my work computer would not let it send to the dead files. No computer would let it send, you know, when you press submit. Yeah. It would not do it. It would not submit. Nobody's phone, nobody, anything. So then the third year comes, the third year, which would have been, I don't know, whatever, I think it was 219 when they came. So it had to have been 218 when I tried. And sure enough, within about six months, I, it, it actually went through that time. And then about six months later, we got the call. So it was like three to four years almost trying to get them oh to come here. Wow. I'll be damned. Yeah. I mean, isn't that, that to me is just like yeah. crazy. So, so when they actually did get here, that we were left with what we were left with. But so when that happened afterwards, Tessa, we were still here, right? We could not leave because of the pandemic. Yeah. Then yes, a year went by again. Now we're talking into 2020. God, where's the time going? <laughs> yeah. So, so 2019 in November is right before, kind of right before Thanksgiving is when they showed up. Then it was 2000, again, a year later, when all hell broke loose, again, I mean, just, it was a continual but that was when I reached out and I said, we've got to have an exorcist. The reason that happened was because in my research, I found some history out on this land. I was given it by my angels. I, I, looked, I was told to go and look at a piece of, of something in history, and I, I was given these, some words to put into Google, like in my head. They come in as a message. Yeah. And I found something about a priest mm. and of the old days. Now, I don't think I've talked to you about this yet. But so when I found that piece of evidence out that's actually documented in history, that is when my family was went into a whole flat-out attack on my family. And when I say that, I mean everybody began um, being pitted against each other. And it ripped my family apart at that mm. moment. It was one of the worst parts that ever happened through this whole thing was to see my family ripped apart emotionally. And it was very hard. So that's when I said, if we can't get out, we have to get a priest. And so I went to look for priest priests. And then that I found was extremely difficult mm. to find one that would come to your house. And I'm not Catholic. So I went into a whole bunch of research about this, and the interesting thing was, 
is during that research, I found someone called Darkness Dave. I did not know who Darkness Dave was. It was Darkness Dave Radio. And Darkness Dave had something on Facebook. And, and I saw that he was, he has a prayer list. And obviously, Darkness Dave actually has been on television too, which since I don't have television, I didn't wasn't keeping up with all these paranormal shows and I didn't know that. So he had a prayer list and I thought, well, why not? I'll, I'll ask for prayers from my family. And I wrote a letter to him and I said, could you please pray for my family? We need help. We are on the dead files. We need help again. Through that message, he put out to people a mysterious woman contacted me out of the blue and just said, you need to get Bill Bean. And I'm like, okay, who's Bill Bean? I didn't even know this woman. So that began, began, okay, who's Bill Bean? Now, Darkness Dave had sent me uh, the name of an exorcist out of California. And I called the man and I... I don't remember his name, but it just didn't feel right. It mm. didn't, I didn't connect mm-hmm. with this person. So I said no to that one. And I still wasn't having luck finding a real priest, a priest like in our neighborhood. So what I did was I contacted the Bill Bean Ministries or BillBean.com. And a lady named Melinda called me. And right away, I felt like comforted. And as I told her my story, she acknowledged what we were going through as demonic. And I was at the point where I was believing this was demonic. And originally, I believed anything else but that, because I never really wanted to go down that path. And when we got to that that part, that's when all of a sudden my life, literally began to to change was because then I was able to get in touch with Bill eventually but you know what at first I didn't want to go there either I still wasn't sure what to do but I started to do the prayers I started to use the prayers that she had given me because this was during the pandemic and I thought well it's still happening but I thought we need him to come here yeah he could come here he Up to the pandemic, I guess Bill was flying all over the world and going all over, you know, driving or going to help people. And now he wasn't. You know, I didn't know all this at the time either, but he was not. No one was able to drive or travel. And so I'm like, well, let's just wait. Let me just try the prayers. And then we'll, we'll see, you know, what it was just a matter of weeks, but to see if we could get him to somehow come here sure enough we started to do the prayers and joe and i were so ready to try anything that we band together and that because we were separating again we were all becoming torn apart again and even him i mean he was right in the middle of a family not getting along no one believing or seeing ghosts everywhere but nobody wanted to acknowledge them as they're the problem or they're part of this. Right. The thing is, is if they're all still here, all this evil crap is still here. It never was removed. And more people came to the house. 
unexpectedly and we're stranded here because of the pandemic. So all of us are in a cesspool of evil and it was very horrible. It was crazy. So all of a sudden, here we do these prayers. The Lord's Prayer was always something we did, but this took it to a different level. And Joe and I started to feel better. And then the next thing you know, we started to finally get that first exorcism. And then the first exorcism was on the phone. It was literally on Zoom or whatever it was, you know, one of those. Yeah. I have, I have it recorded. I, I, I Luckily, I try to record everything as much as I possibly can and bits and pieces of it just so I can have the evidence. And so all of the things that we've had have been basically kind of recorded to for evidence, too. So that is when we actually saw a huge change in our house. Our whole house was, like, completely different after the first exorcism. It was like night and day. Incredible. Mercedes, you know, your episode was very special. You know, having the radio show and podcast, I really loved having people like you on who had been on a show or have their own show because we kind of get this like sneak peek behind the scenes or, you know, like we're feeling that emotion. It almost feels like, you know, you're, you're bringing us there and taking us there. So I know your episode was really special and unique. So many just weird things happened before filming even began as if the spirits were kind of like resisting, not wanting their story to be revealed, even to the point where you had to wait several years because you couldn't even get anything to work to, you know, get yourself in to talk with the dead files. So that alone is amazing. Talk about some of these just strange happenings, if you will. So the whole thing, like from the get go, it was very interesting. So we all of a sudden had bad weather come in. It would it was perfect weather for <laughs> forever. <laughs> and then as soon as they actually drove, you know, to the first meeting on the property to us, it was the forecast just kind of shift. And now I know that that has nothing to do with, you know, that this just is what happened. But it is very interesting that many things did occur. That next day, as we're, you know, preparing to have them come here and then we all were to be gone, as we were driving out, the rain was coming and it, and the people were, you know, coming in little by little. And within about two to three hours, by the time we got and settled into the hotel, a flood storm hit our area and everyone was involved in them. We did not know. We were having dinner and we got a phone call that they all had been on the long dirt road and they were stranded in floodwaters. It was dark and it's scary. It was very, very scary. And the flood was so bad, like, the, it was over the wheels of the cars. 
Now, there were, I believe there was 11 uh, vehicles that were totaled that night. Jeez. And when we finally got to our property, because we ended up, they ended up coming back, Joe went to go help them with his big truck, and he pulled them out from the dirt road to the main road, which is not dirt. By the time he got them all pulled up there, there was a police car waiting. And so there were so many cars on the road that Joe tried to, and this was funny, but the policeman said, no, you can't park right there. And so then Joe <laughs> went and parked to, you know, after he was done. And then his truck got stuck. Oh, no. Side of that road. And he had to call and get us to take our other truck and bring it all the way to pull him out. Oh, that's wild. <laughs> and so then back here on the ranch, let's say, they were stranded. So they had luckily, I think, had gotten out of there. Someone had gotten them out, but the there was a van that was stuck here. There were cars that were stuck here. And all of them, uh, except for the van, they were able to get it out because it had all the equipment. I remember I was here that one day because I came the next day to try to help. And I had my new Mer Mercedes. I had just gotten my car. It's not new, but I had recently got it. And I'm like, I'll help you. <laughs> it's a four-wheel drive and I remember I have pictures of it where I'm trying to pull these people's cars out anyway the thing is is that it stopped everything the whole thing that was supposed to be the night of her walk and it did not happen it was so devastating to me because we're at the hotel we were trying to help them we know she's supposed to be on her way tonight that night we, we know that it's going to be canceled i knew it was it was done they don't want us to have this thing they did not want the spirits here did not want this to occur and so amy luckily picked up on that and the crew did too i mean everybody band together and they decided that instead of they were thinking they were just going to cancel because they're on a schedule. Yeah. Number one. Right. And our whole schedule was going to evolve around being in town and meeting all these other people that I had for them that they had okay to talk to. And so the, then the town was having rain too, but our area was the worst of all the areas. It ended up that by that night they decided they called us and they said, no, we're going to go ahead and do it. We're going to postpone the week a little bit, which was heading into Thanksgiving. And they stayed and continued to do the investigation. And they, we just reworked the plan to have people just come here. They, re, they redid their days. Anyway, so basically what happened was all the cars were totaled from this. They said that it never happened before. And the history of our road, there are many murders that have happened on this road in particular, which I found out. But because it is not prevalent or it was not related to our actual story, there, there's other stories that they didn't, you know, they didn't 
go and talk about this road because it does, they have to stick to the format of what is about our story. And that's why you didn't really hear any of that about, I think that's why they didn't mention it. There's only a certain amount of time. Another thing that occurred, the events that kept occurring as the whole process began, like the one I talked about the last time, where I'm just walking, you know, I'm already nervous. This is a very stressful thing. They have all these people here, and they're setting up cameras everywhere in these areas that where I've been crying or, you know, where trauma is happening. And so it was, it was, it's very traumatic. In a way, it's very stressful when the whole, whenever it all was happening. And so then when the people started to come through the mud, and then they're still worried if they can even get here, finally when the crew does get here, it, it was like, yay, they actually got here. Amazing. It was like miraculous. So that's when I got knocked down on my, you know, just pushed right out onto my, down on the curb, you know, down on the sidewalk yeah. by that spirit that was trying to stop me. I mean, maybe somebody else would have said, forget it, I'm not doing it. I mean, that was a physical, a big physical push at me to not do it. But I'm stubborn, and I'm very stubborn. You know, it's it's a little difficult to kind of re-talking about it. No, I get it for sure. Mercedes, on your episode, you mentioned how in one certain room and but you feel like you are being watched and that you feel like you are actually being possessed. That happened in more than just that room, but it was part of what we were talking about in that particular situation. You know, they edit it all together. So there was so many hours of talk that it all is not on the show. Yeah. So that was one area and that was my room. Well, I call it my room, but I would have people there. That would be the extra room. That was a room that his mother had actually lived in for a little while when when I first got here. Mm, Okay. And, yeah, so it was interesting. That room had a lot of stuck energy in it. And, yes, I would go in there and, and there would be, like, it just felt angry in there. And it felt like... You could get in there and you you just become very sad in that particular room. And so there would be times when I would use that room to, to be separate from Joe and I would be in that room. The interesting thing is, too, that his mother had lived there the first two years. And so we had her living in the cabin. So the cabin wasn't there the first year and then the cabin was there like the after a year and then. It's been her ever since that they made that cabin. But, yeah, so that room, you you feel like you're basically go all of a sudden you walk in and you feel complete and utter sadness. Like something would just kind of take over you, a sadness. Yeah. Or if you go into, if you'd go into, let's step out of that room and you go into the hallway where she definitely felt it, which I was so grateful the hallway or like the kitchen in between the kitchen and the bathroom and that bedroom that was that's a whole area right there where you'd feel different things anger you that was an angry area where you just felt like hostility energy like there would and I and I'd notice 
if there was an argument between Joe and I, it always started there. We, and, and once we figured that out, even I think it was after she left, then we were like, all of a sudden, if an argument would happen, we'd start to realize, like, we'd go, like, wait a minute, we're right here, we're here, we're in this spot, look at this, because it happens, like, instantaneously, like, yeah. there was no argument before. Huh. It's like, all of a sudden, you have something comes in and you're just mad oh yeah I know what you're talking about yeah of course I know about all this now you know and I knew about it then but I was living in it right and we were not thinking until we realized that the patterns that were being unfolding in us were also were unfolding in the spirits on the property so outside of that doorway and I know I'm expanding outward now because like I said there's major areas in this property where certain events or certain characteristics would happen emotionally on the back of the porch into that sidewalk area where I was pushed that is the area where Amy saw a man coming up from Joe's shop walking down the sidewalk uh, making circles, doing walking in circles in pain. He'd come up into the house, into that foyer, whatever we want to call it, where I just talked about, and he would go back up and down the stairs back to Joe's shop and be walking and circling, making pacing circles in Joe's shop. I don't know exactly how she might have, if she saw it exactly that way or if she saw it like him just doing that. I, I might. I'm not sure exactly how she exactly saw it, but that's what she said. And so to me, that was like, I cannot believe you just said that because that is what would happen. I never told him. He would pace circles in his shop. He would be very disoriented, like confused. He would be confused. Just And it wouldn't be all the time. It would just be like, all of a sudden he was taken over by that and he'd come up and then we'd have an argument on that area. Hmm. And so when I heard her say that, I was like, this is unbelievable because then I realized this is the man. This is a spirit. This is a murdered man. That's still there. I don't even think he realized he was there. That, that part of him, that essence part of him was still there, lost, and not feeling good, and hurt, and all that. So right. his energy was that big, yeah. that it was all over that yard, and that's just, I'm, that there are also portals in these grounds. Luckily, thank goodness, she, she picked up on all that, too. I'm just so thankful. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like Amy, you know, she definitely has a gift. The spirits are comfortable with, like, you know, showing her things. I know during the show she describes a man and it's really just quite disturbing and heartbreaking that, you know, he has a broken nose, he's being attacked, he can't see out of his eye, he has no control over the body, and she knows that he ends up ultimately dying. And yeah, I mean, obviously that has to be Freeland Huff, the murder, one of the murder victims. That's very, just so sad. And I know last week, we talked a bit about some of the deaths, but there were some that I found 
through that episode, like one of the deaths they talk about on the episode takes place in the or in late 1930 when a former rancher's son and ranch hand along with their two horses are found dead not too far from where you guys are and then in 1961 a cave collapse happens where two people i believe children are killed what do you know about these two heartbreaking cases this is very interesting because I did not know this information either. Mm. It was amazing because they were able to find the old information, you know, the old reports of the newspapers that don't even exist anymore. Right? Yeah. So they were able to find all these documents that we wouldn't, we couldn't find. So what I do know is that we are on land that was, is part of ranch, ranches, that and I discussed this last time there were several prominent ranchers that owned lots of land mm-hmm. and uh, there is a road not far from here that I would drive down not to you know as I'd go to work I'd, I'd take the back ways to go up the mountain anyway it's called Reservation Road and on this road you can see it's actually part of a ranch that was there. I believe that this, this that connected to that ranch that was there or part of it. And they've been subdivided now into different areas, right? And so along this ranch, you can't see it because it's obviously there's a sign, a big, you know, sign. And then you go way back to the ranch. I've heard now that that is the people that owned that land, part of connected to this man. I have not reached out to them because, number one, I've really only been doing this kind of publicly, really trying to put it together since recently because as we're decided to stay now. But I do and probably will connect maybe eventually with them. So this ranch was owned by that. He, the evil spirit guy working through that man, said that it was 200 acres was something, whatever the amount of acres was that that man said, the spirit told Amy. So, yeah, our little property right here fits in that area. So the thing that happened with the horse and the electricity and, the, and all that, yes, I did read that and I've researched it. I've asked other people to help guide me on what happened. So that definitely, you know, did occur. And so he was very distraught, and obviously, you know, things just kind of went bad for that. some of those family members. And there also could lie the children. Some of the children that we're talking about, that I hear or see around here, those deaths are some children. This cave that they're talking about, I have yet to be able to know where that is, but Mm. there are mountains, you know, short, small mountains in front or mountain range that it could be in relation to that on this acreage. And there are mines and all different kinds of things here, so that could be part of it. It could have been anything. I definitely know that this land is haunted with children. There's children here. Yeah, and that is so, so sad for sure. And I saw in the notes that, in the transcript notes, that 
it was like a man-made cave. And so, you know, it may have been something that you may have even passed several times and you just don't know it because since it was man-made and then all of a sudden it's collapsed and maybe they didn't do anything to, you know, maybe they just left it as it was. So then there's the, you know, a lot of people, if you're doing water work or different things, you can start, you know, dig holes in the ground and, you know, there's, there's all kinds of things around here that are dug into the ground. So it could have been definitely something to do with that, too. Again, it's not very specific. I did not find out any more information relating to more of that. It's kind of like it was just a small piece of information. Yeah. We talked a bit about some of the encounters and the haunts. I'd like to kind of talk about some of the spirits that Amy mentioned during their time here. I mean, there were just so many of them and I wrote some notes. So one that she mentioned was a man and that he was running and running for a long time. And in Amy's words, she said, quote, he died because the sun killed him and the desert ate him, unquote. That's a bit disturbing to say the least. Yes, it is very disturbing. And again, this whole thing when it happened, I was very upset when I heard all these things. And right. It took a long time to get through them and to understand and, and, you know, all this. But when it comes down to what was told that night was that the she saw an image of this man. And so it ends up that that relates to that piece of information that I found about the Satan. It was, it was like a, it was a priest. And... I'm not going to mention the name. I'll save that for you for another time. That it related to that particular piece of the story that she related with this man burning in the sun. So it opens up, that's a portal that opens up into the ground, and the man falls into the portal. But what she saw was men in the world circling the man in the desert, and the then they jump, they all come together, jumping into the air, jump down, and the man falls into the pit. Oh, geez. Yeah. What it is is there is men there, and back in the old days, the men uh, in the robes were, it was a significant group, okay? They were doing Satanism Mm. in the old days. They were practicing that kind of stuff, black magic, right. Santeria. Like this okay? guy was maybe like a sacrifice or something? Yes, I think that was uh, part of like, a, these were sacrifices back in the days. I believe that a lot of these things around this neighborhood in where, when it was in the old days, there were people that were caught in this way and or that they were part of these groups or they were part of the ones that were the victims of these groups, but that's what we were told. And it relates to this area uh, very much because, you know, there was the Spanish war. I mean, there's this, all kinds of wars here. There's all kinds of conflict here. Right. In many ways. Yeah. And that one, it, it, it was a Santeria. So this is all black magic and all that. Oh, that's, that's what this is. So heartbreaking. Jeez. It is, and it makes sense because there are there. What I would see was portals, black holes, all in this ground, and I would draw them, and I and I 
I did not tell them that, but I, I told many people that, and I, yeah, I did tell them that we saw portals, that when, when they all walked around with us, and, you know, I tell them these things, but she didn't know any of it, and what the, what she saw, how it would relate to it, it's, oh my God, like, so these little black holes everywhere is basically other people. This woman that she mentioned, the crazy woman, that one, I never really saw her that's so interesting when she showed me the picture of her i'm like wow i thought it kind of looked like joe's mom but it but he goes no no and i'm like well it wasn't because it was almost like she had an actress kind of a you know fancy hair and everything and i had not seen her but she was the one that was with messing with my husband in his heart and that that's one of them another one she mentioned was a younger guy and he walks around with a book in his hand and he's always reading and he's very quiet but he wants to tell us that he's there so he knocks and he whistles and he opens and shuts things I don't know if that was said on the TV and that made sense and the funny thing was a lot of times my son Tristan would be walking walking by with a book walking and reading and I'm like that is so weird, you know, like he's, cause he, do, he does that. He would yeah. do that. And so then when she said that, I'm like, wow, that's interesting. You know, this boy or this young man walks around with a book. He was a, a normal one, you know, just not mean, just wanting attention. So he, he is one of the ones that would make those other noises and kind of let us know he's in the, in the house. So she's, she's like, there's bones out there. And she told us that there was so much on the land that she couldn't even go over it, you know, into the whole thing. We were, we were with them, her in particular, I think it was like four hours when the, when it's all said and done. So that's a lot of conversation Oh yeah, and a lot of information. Right. And one of the things that she saw up on the hill areas or surrounding our, our particular house was the black energy gunk I can't remember if that was in there but it was almost as if our property was surrounded with the black energy and that's one of the reasons why she didn't think we could stay here at all was because it was so embedded into the earth into the the darkness and it was seeping up over all of our houses is what we were told and I understand exactly what she was saying She was also mentioning that the bones in the ground, well, the bones in the ground, we now know for sure that there were people that died all over the place because they, back in the days, the Indian Native Americans would, in their crops or fields, the Native Americans would just bury their dead anywhere because they they didn't, some of them had their special holy areas, and yes, this most likely probably is a holy land, area that they would you know because they're all their lands would be sacred pretty much where a person is buried so i've since researched and found that yes there are so many university excavations that have happened in this area you have to really dig for them but there's bones buried or pulled up all over the place in this land right here I know the one that really got my attention was, in my opinion, probably the most terrifying spirit had to be when she started to describe what she said, the classic cowboy who 
happens to be quite the shapeshifter, transforming into, out of all things, a octopus. To me, he I, he told Amy that he used to own this land at one point and still kind of considers it his own. And looking in the notes, I see that Francisco Garcia was the one of the original owners. And it seems that, am I correct, Francisco was the man who lost his son to the free course accident and then lost two young cousins to the cave-in. Yes, you're correct. That one is the... A year ago, today, a year ago, I would not have been able to even talk about this person. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, that's how bad that this one is to me. So I'm, I'm really proud of myself right now as I'm sitting yeah. here and I'm not freaking out over this name. But yeah, a year ago, that one was the name that, because this man, and I, you know, God rest his soul, this man was, I believe, you know, manipulated the spirit, okay? I don't believe that this man actually was a bad guy. I don't know this man. I have respect for his family. Right. But this, what happened is this particular spirit was talking through and told her this information. And this particular spirit, Francisco, the man, was the one that is part of the shadow man person. And I've since found out that the shadow man is not just in our area. I've, I've, I've accumulated many people that have seen the same person in close by neighborhood areas. So that's going to be part of what I'm doing too, is bringing that out for those that would talk about it. And this particular man shape shifted. Yes. And, and I was totally shocked when she told, when all that came out, I mean, I, I couldn't believe it because number one, when she told how he said little kitties, and then my husband says that sometimes he'll go, Hey kids, hey kitties. And when I heard that, I'm like, you've got to be kidding. He used to say it. Okay. He used to say it, doesn't say it now. Nobody says it. And another thing is, is that I'm a person that grew up with the Lone Ranger and I actually have the Lone Ranger uh, series. Some mm. of them from child. And I, I loved the Lone Ranger when I was a kid. Yeah. And then she tells us that he looks like He's dressed in the shiny Lone Ranger-like outfit, you know, how the Lone Ranger did. And and it just mortified me <laughs> because I haven't watched them since because of that. Oh, no. Um, yeah, because, I mean, I know it's not the Lone Ranger, but just the right. fact that he chose that look for her, what he was doing in my being, and they were doing in my being at that time, was so scary now when you know when I was going through it but yes this particular spirit I actually saw and drew this similar thing so when I saw that picture and again the way they have it edited it's not how it was in real time and when I saw that picture that was the one that shocked me because it's it's over my bed and it's over a female in the bed and it's into my lower abdomen I had just been at the doctor a week before, a great naturopath, and he'd found that my ileocecal valve had been off and that I was septic. And that's mm. an opening in one of our valves like in our system, you know, for the body. And so luckily I was feeling good then that I, somebody had actually found and could manipulate that. And then, of course, the death files happens, you know, the investigation and all that's going on right then. And yeah. 
when I saw that connection and then saw that little thing going right into that same area, the same area that the doctor had just manipulated a week prior, no one had mentioned that before ever in my whole year of suffering and whatever. So that little valve right there that they were manipulating as far as what is Amy has said, which I believe her, opened up into causing me to be septic, septic so bad that, you know, if I didn't know it, I could have been dead like six weeks later. Oh my God. I was so septic that all of the septic goes into your system and goes into your bloodstream and you die. Oh, that's terrifying. Jeez. It is terrifying. And so all of it was happening at that one week. And number one, he said that to me, the doctor, and then this is a naturopath kind of doctor. Very God bless him. He just, he passed away. Um, oh, sorry about. But that. then she said that. So yeah, it was like I was in complete shock and utter sickness. So when you do see me in this, I look ill, uh, and I was ill. I was very yeah. ill. Uh, I was coming toward the end there. Had she not said that, then I was able to then take her information and we started working with that information. But yeah, so this thing, what I saw in my own vision of this. And I and I'd wake up. I'd see night. I'd be screaming to Joe, "Please, let's do the Lord's prayer." Because I'd see them sitting in the corner. I'd see them walking through the walls. Mm. This one, I thought, I thought was something good. I thought it was like a good spirit. It felt like water. It felt like flowy, happy water over me. I felt this all the time. I thought it was like a wispy water, happy spirits around us. Mm. It wasn't. It was that thing that tricked me. And so it's changed my life forever, how I do everything in my work, because I realized that I was manipulated and tricked completely thinking it was a nice thing. It's all flowy and all. And then so one time I saw it come develop right at the, it was over me, flashed down, turned in, uh, got to the side of the bed. There was the, the dark shape, the dark man at the, at the end of the bed. So it showed himself to me two days before Amy uh, got there. And so she did not know that either. Nobody, I didn't tell them that because they'd already had all the other information. It was just so much chaos going on. Everything she said and everything she found, I validated 100%. I felt totally validated. Uh, She'd even said that the shadow man was in the, he'd sit in the corner of the room in the bedroom where Joe has his dad's chair. That's like a sacred chair. His dad passed away and that's his dad's chair. And I told Joe, I said there, he's up in the corner. (laughs) I drew a picture of it months and months and months and months before they showed up. But when she's doing that walk, like she's like saying that, yeah, he's sitting in the chair and, and he's this and he's around, you know, different things like that. So this man was in our room all the time, the spirit. It's just scary how they can come in and, and you're not protected. But yeah, so I, everybody that she mentioned, except for the woman, I did not see that woman, but I felt that energy. I felt like kind of get away from me or like, <laughs> like or just like that all-compassing, like weird feeling that she described of that woman. But Joe got the brunt of that particular heart thing. And I'm sure that that dark shadow guy was manipulating all of them. And that's what she said, that all of them 
were being manipulated and held against their will by that. Yeah. 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 And that's why nobody could, they couldn't leave the property. And that's why the whole thing was like, if somebody could help, they, the good ones wanted those released, those to be released, but nobody was allowed because of the satanic black magic curse related in it was a more of a religious pact it was a religious type of santeria pact with the devil that held them here that's why the difference with the bill being that he that's why all the other things could kind of lift things away it could kind of lift and clear it for a little while but the main core thing was the one thing that amy and, you know, God bless them. They wanted to come back. She told me she would bring her team back. And then she was even talking to me during my operation, which I had an operation in January. So, again, I could, we couldn't move. I had an operation scheduled. She kept with, in contact with me until, the you know, when the pandemic hit, they shut down. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that, that we, us, us people, the paranormal know that a lot of people, they couldn't, they couldn't move. So she could not come back. Yeah. They had no team. No one was, they didn't even go do their next thing till later, their next season. So that's the, what happened. And so we were forced to stay and then we had to do something about it because right. it got that bad. And that's why we brought Bill Bean in and Bill Bean and his mm-hmm work with God is what changed everything on this property. It's a year ago now and my whole life has completely changed. And I'm so grateful that we're still here. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, I'm glad you guys are there too. I want them to know that there is a light that we don't have to feel as if we are conquered. If anybody can say the truth of that, it is is me and us. So I really, I wanted to make sure people know that, okay? Right, absolutely. Because, yeah. I mean, if I die tomorrow, and I could, I want people to know that the darkness cannot, it does not have to overtake them. Okay, so now Mercedes grabbed her husband, Joe, and Joe, welcome to Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. Thank you very much. Oh, pleasure is absolutely all mine. So in the episode, you kind of explain how you would feel at times. And it really got my attention because I felt the exact same way when I had my attachment. And in your words, you said, quote, there's a tightness in my chest, like strong fingers pulling my chest. And that felt all too familiar. I mean, talk a little bit about what you went through. Okay. When I became awake is, is a nice way to put that. I, I can look back on and realize now that the times that I felt that, and literally it was different degrees, and meaning it would just be tight. It's like, oh, yuck, you know, something, yeah. And then we figured out that oh, that's, that is an attachment, but he's not that bad of an attachment. Yeah. Okay, but now, then there's times that it was, it was almost scary, you know, and very tight, like, it just, like, just like, wow, shoot, what is going on here? And, again, when the dead files came around, I had woken up, per se, and knew 
when they the unwanted energies were there and through our help at the time of a shaman and stuff like that we were able to basically shake them off so mm. but that's it, it literally felt like somebody was squeezing your heart it just felt a very tight and uh, it, it could be you know to the point of being scary there so Oh, yeah, it's definitely, I feel you. It's definitely a terrifying thing. For me, it felt like heart issues, but also it felt like, you know, those commercials where it has like an elephant sitting on your chest? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I understand that. Just somebody sitting on you. Yes, right. I, I, I would agree with that completely. Yeah, to me, that's terrifying. And I always have to laugh when people say, oh, yeah, spirits can't hurt you. Ghosts can't hurt you. And I'm like, oh, oh I disagree. <laughs> yeah, wake up. Wake up. Yeah, they're <laughs> out there. They're everywhere. So, right. yeah, yeah. Well, Mercedes was just reiterating, too, that I would... Well, it, we, there's so many different layers with this, but yeah, with with the tightness in my chest, uh, I would literally uh, it would it would affect me. I would slow down. I wouldn't be able to, to function in my shop as well, and just things like that. So, I, looking back on it now, yes, unwanted energies all over me at that time. Yeah, that's terrifying. And so, Joe, are you feeling are you feeling back to your good old self again, or do you still feel yeah, kind of good? Yeah, excuse me. Uh, since our Bill Bean really woke us up too on on how to just cleanse this property. Yeah. And once he came through and did did what he did and taught us. Uh, one of his quotes was, uh, "I'm the priest of the property now, and I take that role seriously and just work on it." Every evening at my fire, uh, when I'm sitting outside, I'll, I'll work on the property and uh, make sure it's all clear and everything. But yes, we're with that. I, I feel like I'm my old self, but I'm so much more educated. Yeah. Now. Right. That makes sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm so glad. And you guys, Joe will be back on, on a full episode where once they have that beautiful memorial that he's building that we talked about in last week's episode, he's going to talk all about that. So, Joe, I'm going to let you get back to your working project, and thank you so much for being on. It's been a pleasure, my friend. Thank you very much also. Thank you. <laughs> At the end here, Amy usually, I ha, you know, I, I really don't watch the show anymore, but at the end, Amy usually gives the homeowners advice on what they must do to rid their home of any activity. What were you guys told to do? I'm sure she gave you a laundry list of things. Sometimes it no, seems so... No, she didn't. You oh. know why? Because she told us to get out. She said... Ah. And she said, no, I mean, and you'll see that in the show, she says that too, but yeah. yes, you'd think that she would be able to do that. But basically she said, no, I want you all to get out. This place is like basically damned, I guess, you know, with all the black ooze stuff that's all around and buried into the ground. So that's the satanic yeah. issue. Yeah. And so, and she said to get start, you know, get, get the place sold to put it up for sale but then she of course like I said she said to that she will come back and she thought maybe I can help but it'll take some time and so but still put your house on the market 
the one thing she gave to help me was a bag of salt, specific salt. Mm -hmm. And it was a fairly large bag. And I took that salt and I was to make it go around my bed because it was attacking me at night. And then plus I'd have these horrific nightmares where like an entity was throwing me across the wall. You know, I'd have these horrible nightmares and be screaming like I'm going to, you know, die in the nightmares and wake up. But the salt was a special remedy that she had. And she didn't tell me where it came from or what, but it was something that she used. And I put it around my bed and I felt completely you know, secure, <laughs> just knowing I had the salt, I, I yeah. felt better, and it, it did work, I mean, I did feel as if the salt didn't have any more nightmares after that, I was wanting to hear, oh yeah, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, and you do this, and you do that, And but she said it was so far gone, that there's really nothing we can do, the focus was on me, she didn't tell Joe to have the salt, so once that began you know around the bed but we're both in the bed at night so that that was it and I would take because I know about salt I know that I could take that salt and add it to more salt and bless that salt and I'd use that salt around the whole house I'd add that I added that salt to around our house and around our property and different things I'd use the salt because I know the importance of salt in my own work and that's but I mainly kept on to that salt forever. And the one time when I left that salt, we went to Sedona. This was the one of the most scariest things visually I ever saw. Uh, we came back from Sedona. It was the week after. It was after my operation. So this was right after the dead files. My little dog died. Aww. My dog got very sick on the, on the trip to Sedona. And she was perfectly fine. Uh, but all of a sudden she had a mysterious illness occur Mm. and she was bleeding. And so on the way back, I thought she was going to be better, but she ended up dying uh, that week. But this, when we got back, Joe and I had started going close to the house. All of a sudden we started arguing and just mysteriously, like we're coming to the house and there was something in the air yeah. That we just friction to each other. And I had left that salt in Sedona. I didn't know it at the time. Oh. But when we got to the house and we're, a storm was coming and, you know, we weren't arguing anymore. We weren't friction anymore, but a storm was coming. And then I went to, somebody was at the door and I thought it was Tristan in a hoodie. And I was looking at the door and I'm like, Hey, you know, yeah, come on. Cause I told somebody that, you know, I'm going to make dinner if they want to come over or whatever. And there's this dark a person in a dark, like hoodie, I thought, you know, standing at my door in the glass door. And so I said, just open the door and they wouldn't. So I thought, well, maybe I had it locked. I went over to unlock it. It wasn't, I, I was just like, it's not locked. And I looked up and I'm like, I was opening the door. I'm saying it's not locked and they were gone. Hmm. vanished oh wow that's crazy so that was the shadow man yeah saying hello hello there i screamed i did not have the salt and we went flipping out looking for the salt and i called the lady luckily she was coming to tucson the next day and brought me the salt so uh, because i was like that's how fear that's how much fear we were i was in 
you know, I yeah. forgot my salt. I forgot my protection. And sure enough, as soon as I didn't have my protection in the house, yeah. that's what happened. My yeah. dog died the next day. Oh, I'm so sorry yeah. to hear that. That's just, that's so sad, yeah. so heartbreaking. So it's, that's what happens. That, that's yeah. the chaos. And that's what was here. And right. that is how we were living. And yeah. I know that people are like, oh, I'm saying just maybe she's crazy. But no. Oh, <laughs> no. I mean, the man was at the door. There was, right. It was like it was somebody, somebody was standing right there at the door. I don't Ugh. know. It was crazy. Yeah. But yeah. No, that is scary. So... Last question. How is life now? Have things got, I have to say real quick that you shared the post when part one of the series was released. And I liked how you put damned in the desert. Now we are blessed in the desert. And I thought that was kind of neat. Oh, yeah, because, you know, when I saw your title, and I thought, well, yeah. you know, there's that title again. Right. And that, when they first when that title first came out, I'm like, Oh, my God, that's how they see us. But that's how they saw us, and that's really what this thing was. It's damned ground, damned earth. Yeah, so, and I do feel, I feel now we are blessed in the desert. When this all went down and we needed the exorcism and, you know, just going through that whole pandemic stuck here in hell. Yeah. I mean, I was literally had a job that I could go to, and then all of a sudden I'm stuck here with all these people and children in the house of hell you know what's interesting she says it at the very beginning i was looking at the transcript she she calls this the house of pain and at the end of the show when i say something i actually said that too i call this the house of pain i even wrote a song called the house of pain Hmm. she never knew that that's one of her first comments the house of pain isn't that weird I, I mean, I put those together with the transcripts the other day. I'm like, holy crap, I didn't even notice that. So, that is bizarre. Yeah, so yeah. the House of Pain yeah. ended up becoming, it lifted, it started lifting off. Even the other day, Tristan looks at me and goes, Mom, you know what? You and Joe don't even argue anymore. I'm like, we don't. Yeah. We do not. There's, We do not argue. The plants are growing. My garden would not grow ever. Last year, when this started, all of a sudden, I, I even had this amazing, miraculous garden grew. It never would before. And I even had so much, I made it into Mercedes Magical Garden, and I gave, like, I donated all the money I received to, like, help animals. Like that. I mean, and help people, because this garden grew, and literally... That means the black stain is gone. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. It truly is. And then once we had the third exorcism, so we've had three, three different ones. One was the first one I mentioned. And then the other one, we had an individual family issue that we were able to get some of us gathered together. All of us wouldn't do it. You all, you have to be in accordance you all have to want to do it. Whoever doesn't want to do it won't be part of it, right? So then you, we're, if you have a bunch of people on your property or house and three of you are believing in this and the others do not want to deal with it, then you have open doors still to the dark side that is not good. And so we had to have three different ones. And in this time, 
but between the last one, we had finally was able to get excellent paranormal group out here called Tucson Ghost Society, who I had tried to reach out prior to, but because of the pandemic and because I didn't, you know, this was even before Dead Files came yeah. out, I had researched this group and I really, you know, when I, when I wanted them to come out, they couldn't because of the pandemic. But for some reason, magically, it appeared that these wonderful people came out and they came out, they've come out twice now. And they came out right before the last exorcism and they found demonic voices in this cabin and all through our property, not on the other side. So there's a property was like half and half because we had the ones that had had the deliverance and the exorcism and the other side of the property that had not every demonic voice that was picked up was on the side that had not been dipped with the exorcism. It, it was clear. So whenever we had the last exorcism, they came out and it ended up being on the 30th of October. Oh, wow. Right before Halloween. It just played out that way. Yeah. There was not one demonic voice and none have come back. There has been no craziness occurring on the property after the last which was in this cabin and i'm sitting in it right now this was the cabin from hell where i would literally had to have somebody come out and try to help me because i was frozen and couldn't even move and this was before dead files this haunted cabin here is no longer haunted by the yuckies as i call them but the free and good loving kind spirits that are still want to be here they are more than welcome to be here as long as everybody is playing on the side of goodness and light and so far right not gonna I mean it god bless it i mean it's it's just amazing so the last investigation we had there's so many evps they're very conscious they they knew my dog eli you know, and here we're going off into a, another, you know, another thing here, but because people will also say, well, you shouldn't be doing that, you know, but on the, on my end, I believe that as long as we keep everything with God and God fearing and, and do all the right steps, we are allowed to do an investigation here because that's exactly what Amy had told us to do. That's another one I'll say at the very end. She said, if I were you, I would get out of here. But I would bring in people and create an investigation place in this land right here where you're at and have somebody else run it. And at the time, I'm like, you're no way, no way <laughs> would I ever do that. And so how this is all playing out, I wouldn't I'm still not really going to do that. I since I'm here standing here and knowing what's happened through us, it ended up being just that, that there has been investigations it's just it's like she knew it all the time like she saw something that was her way of saying you know you could do this yeah you know but i mean at the time i was i was thinking i'm going to die and there's no way i would ever do that and how it's all worked out is is unbelievable but well yeah i'm so glad that you guys have found peace and that you're truly blessed now and it took a long time to get there but i'm glad you guys have and Thank you so much for being on and sharing your special, unique, paranormal story of survival. 
we thank you, Joe and I both thank you. My family thanks you for sharing our story. And, and I invited you before to come out sometime. I'm not going to have a lot of people come here. Really appreciate you taking the time and, and talking with me and, and listening to my story. Oh, it's all my pleasure. And yeah, definitely next, next uh, this coming summer when me and my friend Angie are on our way to Tombstone, we'll, we'll do a little detour and stop and see you and Joe first for sure. Okay, sounds great. Thank you so much, and thank you to all your listeners. So there you have it. Big shout-out to Mercedes and Joe. Sweet people, for sure. I just, you know, wish them all the happiness and health and peace and friendly spirits. So did you enjoy this week's episode? Yes! Listen to the others, you guys. They are all pretty phenomenal. Haven't heard every single one yet? No need to cry, my friends. Just head right on over to any of those awesome podcast platforms, such as Deezer, Owl Tell, Player FM, Castbox, wherever you may roam to listen to your phantomly amazing podcast. You'll probably find Paranormal Prowlers podcast lurking in the background. This week's special city shoutouts go to Huntington, West Virginia, Chilliwack, Canada. New Braunfels, Texas, Burbank, California, and Lizzie Borden's hometown, Fall River, Massachusetts. Thank you so much, you guys, for stopping by. It's greatly appreciated. Do you have a paranormal adventure of your own to share? I'd love to hear all about it. Message me on Facebook, on my Paranormal Prowlers podcast page, or you can email me at paraprowl at gmail.com. Oh yeah, and be sure to go check out paranormalprowlers.blogspot.com and check out my brand new blog, too, already out. See you next week.